Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. Thanks again so much for listening and I really do appreciate your support and I really do hope you're getting some value out of these podcasts and you're learning something from from them along the way. Um, today we've got Andrea on the show and she talks about how she's cracked it with Rackley Swimming. It's been something they've been after for a couple of years now and it's great to see that they've actually started getting product in there. And she talks about a couple of good points and one of them is being goal setting, but also the other one is how to avoid the fear of actually reaching out to a new account. So if you're trying to think about how do we get into a new account or you're trying to think about uh, reaching out to an account you've been wanting to for a while and you're not too sure how to go about doing it, this podcast is definitely for you. So please have a listen and I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Maybe just send me a text or an email. I'd love to hear from you. Enjoy. Hey, Andre, how you doing? Hey, good, Stacey. How are you? Oh, it's great. I'm very good. I'm very good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How exciting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How's your day been going? All right? Yeah, so far so good. Only 11 o'clock over here in Queensland, so still early. But no, uh, yeah, going well. Probably what, about 40, 50 degrees by now, though? Uh, it's about 24 degrees today. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Can't and how's selling been going? Selling's going well? Yeah, selling's going well. Still got a few orders to wrap up that uh, will get in the system today. But actually, overall, it's been a really positive result in Queensland and really excited about some of the new silhouettes coming through. So, yeah, the feedback out on the road's been great. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Hey, look, we'll get into it. Um, just for the people that don't really know too much about you or um, and want to know about you, are you able to give us a bit of um, details, a bit of background about you, what you did before TA, um, anything like that you think might be relevant to, to for um, the people to hear about? Yeah, sure. So my background before TA, I came from Adidas to True Alliance, so working in a similar role at Adidas in the field team in Queensland, so in wholesale looking after their independent customers. And then prior to that role, I actually was from um, from a retail background. So ah. I worked for a long time in a group called Price Attack. So I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they're actually hairdressing salons that have a retail store out the front. Wow. So, yeah, I ran, I worked directly for the owner, Gary Jackson, and ran all of his corporate stores for a number of years. Uh, yeah, which is probably where I got a lot of my experience with buying and range selection, et cetera. Oh, nice. How long were you, um, how long were you doing that for? Uh, I worked there? for him probably from when I was 18 until I was about 25, so around seven years I did that. Yeah. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. He was quite an entrepreneurial man. So he'd come from a sales background himself and then saw an opportunity in the market for this cash and carry type hairdressing business that he wanted to set up. So he grew up from the first store in Melbourne of one store and then he built it up to a franchise group of around 100 stores. Wow. When he, yeah, when he sold it in, oh, I think he sold it in maybe around 2007. Yeah, so yeah, yeah wow. really good experience there. And then what, what, what made you go from hairdressing to sporting apparel? Uh, I just wanted to change in industry. I probably just had a little bit of enough and definitely wanted to get out of retail. And I'd always myself been interested in sport. I've always played sport, particularly I've always loved running. And I just was looking on seek.com, as you do, and saw the opportunity at Adidas and thought, what have I got to lose? Um, and applied for it and got the role. So, yeah, it was a big change, a really big change. I'd never been familiar with indenting and seasonal products before, so it was yep. really challenging. But, yeah, really good move, really glad I did it. And how long were you at Addy for? 
I was at Adidas for probably around 10 years, but wow. during that time I did have a couple of years off at home. Um, I actually had my two children while I was working there. So I was at Adidas. I left on maternity leave. I was on my 12-month maternity leave break when I found out I was pregnant with my second child, so I resigned from my role. Yeah. And then a couple of years later was ready to go back and made the call and they had a position available, so I went back there. Yeah, wow, so 10 years, Eddie, that's great. And so then, so what made you come across to, to, to True Alliance for with Speedo? Sorry, Stace, I just had a call come through, so I just missed a little bit of that. Could you ask the question? <laughs> yeah, no problems. Um, what, so what made you come? What made you come across to Speedo? What what was the the enticing factor to come across to True Alliance and, yeah. and work for Speedo? Yeah, that's a good question. So I I really enjoyed my time at Adidas, but towards the end of my time at Adidas, as a brand, they were changing, and the way that they were selling into their customers and the way that they were treating, particularly their wholesale field accounts, was really changing. And I was there at the time where they'd introduced this rule that then all of a sudden, unless you spent $50,000 a year, you didn't get a rep calling on you. Unless you spent $30,000 a year, you didn't get access to this product and that product. And it was becoming very, very difficult to have positive, meaningful conversations with customers when it was almost felt to me like a little bit of a threat that unless you spent this much, you weren't going to get serviced anymore. Whereas I prefer to approach it you know, as a business relationship and sometimes you need to start small and you need to build up with that, build up to that. But that was definitely being removed and it was just, it just wasn't really a culture that was sitting well with me. So I decided to look for opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, and that's a great point that you bring up and you mentioned the word business relate or the words business relationship. Mm-hmm. And so how, how important is that to you? Oh, very important, particularly I think when you're dealing with, as we are with a lot of our key independents, where you've got owner-operators working. And that's, at the end of the day, every dollar they spend is their money. And I think that you've got to think about it like that and you've got to put yourself in in their shoes and you've got to have a mutually beneficial business relationship. And it's important to have that conversation with them, that you understand that, that you respect that and you want the best for them as well as the best for, for your brand. And so how would you, like, what, what kind of things would you do to create a business relationship? I know not everyone can do it. So what what's some tips that you sort of, you sort of work towards or you, you like to go to? Yeah, I like to ask my customers what their goals are for their business. And then I also like to share with them, like, what our goals are as a brand and also what my goals are as their account manager and what my goals are as the state manager for the brand in Queensland. And you'll often find that both sets of goals align. And once you can find that common ground, I think you can work, to, you can work together really well. So is it a matter of mapping out? Because it's the, the, I'm just going to start heading towards Rackley soon. But, mm-hmm. um so having goals like that, is it, impo- is it important within, you think, within business? Definitely. Absolutely. In what way do you reckon? I think it, can, it, gives you, it gives you a set of ideals. It gives you a little bit of structure and it helps you build a strategy. Uh, and then once you've got that strategy and you've got those goals, you've, you've got a bit of direction and you've got a path to go on. And I think it just keeps you in check. Yeah, that's true. And so do you think, so let's start looking at tapping onto the conversation about the Rackley Swimming. Is, mm-hmm. that, how you pronounce it? is that how you pronounce it right, Rackley? Yeah, Rackley Swimming. So the group is actually, it's called City Venue Management is actually the name of the group. It's owned by Reese Rackley. And then falling under that City Venue Management banner is Rackley Swimming, which has the 21 swim schools. And they also have City Aquatics, 
which they run 13 aquatic centres out of as well. Wow. So, so how, so then, so let's take it back. So this is an account that you've been trying to crack for years, I can imagine. And even like predecessors are probably trying to crack it as well. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think was the, not the aha factor, but the moment that like, okay, we got a chance here. What, how did, how did that come about? I think finally we got to a point where, so it took, it was, it's been about three years. So I had a look back through my timeline and that day that Maddie White spoke about when we drove around chasing down Jay Clark all over the Gold Coast was actually in July 2016. So it has been a long time coming. Why and is I, it taking so, so sorry to interrupt, why is it taking so long though? What, what's... We just, Stace, we couldn't get any dialogue with them. We couldn't get a return phone call. We couldn't get a return email. I didn't know if we'd done something wrong in the past. I didn't know if we'd offended them. We really, we just, we knew nothing. We just couldn't get inside their inner circle. So what was your plan of attack then? So how did, so what was your strategy to try and get in front of them? Uh, Just to keep being persistent. So I definitely just kept making contact. We kept calling on the centres. I kept emailing. Sorry, Mm -hmm. sorry just to tap into that. What's an example of making contact? What would you ring up and say? Uh, well, all I could ever get, I couldn't actually get a mobile phone number of anyone of any importance. So I would only ever, if I was calling, I was trying to get a contact, I would just be politely told to call the 1300 number or just to send an email to their general inquiries email address. So we just physically started going in um, and just trying to, I guess, soften up the centre managers, etc. Uh, And then one day I received an email from Jay Clark, who is the general manager of of Rackley's, of City Venue Management, and I thought, oh, bingo, he's ready. (laughs) Anyway, it was him telling me that he'd taken over another aquatic centre that had been previously Speedo. There was some Speedo slatwell there. Did we want to come and collect it or should he throw it in the bin? So I thought, right, this is my chance to meet him face to face. So I physically set a time that he would be there and went down and picked the slat wall up so that I could just get in front of him and put a face to the name. And then from there I had also from that email, I finally had his email address and his contact phone number. That was probably the first step of getting physically in front of them and actually putting a face to the name. Wow. And so then how did the communications go after that? So how often would you contact him? What would you say? Uh, So then I probably kept in contact with him maybe every couple of months just with with an email. He wasn't really answering my calls, so I would just send an email, just keeping him in the loop of what we were doing, trying to see if we could, you know, arrange a catch-up or arrange a get-together. Not much ever came from that. So he, wouldn't, so he wouldn't reply? No, not at all. No, not at all. Absolutely was not interested in doing business with Speedo at all. And, and how long was this a period of going, like you keep sending emails? Would it be monthly you're sending emails over a period of years or what? How would... Yeah, so probably from that, that was about May 2006, contact with Jay. And then in July 2018, so July just gone, I finally got an email back from them via Roger, who was their new brand and marketing manager who had come on board, that they were about what opportunities could exist with Speedo. So it paid off. They had been listening. They just hadn't been responding. Yeah, so you were just this person who was just chipping away, just sort of giving heads up. Exactly. Yep. What's yep. happening in the marketplace, what the brand is doing. 
and just waiting for your opportunity to come up. Would you keep going in stores or were you just straight emailing Jay? Yeah, we dialed back a little bit on going into the stores because we didn't want to then offend them and we didn't want to get the centre managers um, offside. So we weren't really sure how to approach it, but we just went softly, softly with it. And I think it was something Matt White actually said to me um, with new business development, you've got to put yourself in their shoes. They don't know you at all, so it's not personal. And they would have reps contacting them and calling on them endlessly. They would have, you know, a high turnover of different Mm -hmm. reps coming and going and turning over. So you've just got to put yourself in their shoes. You've got to be persistent and you've got to keep making contact and showing them that you are in it for the long run uh, and that you're taking it very seriously. That's awesome. And so do you think it's important to show that you want to provide value as opposing to think we want to take something from you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's about trying to just have a conversation with them and finding out what their goals are as a brand and where they're going and what they're looking for. And then looking at what we're doing as a brand and seeing where where that can collide and how it can be beneficial for both. That's great. And so now Roger's coming to the business in July. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what? So you got the email saying, "Yep, love to catch up." We want to love to, but we're interested in catching up on you, uh, catching up with you. So what was your approach then? So then, okay, what did you have to get in line? What? How? A couple of questions. How important was preparation? Mm-hmm. And then how important was the delivery? Yeah. So preparation was really important in that I didn't know exactly how the conversation was go- was going to go. I didn't know was I didn't know whether this was something immediate I didn't have a lot of background to go off so I prepared really I I went down with an arsenal of presentations prepared in my laptop just in case so I had a presentation on all of our equipment I obviously you know I had all of the product stuff I also had a little bit of a why speedo I had something about what speedo were doing in the marketplace I had all of those things ready to go I actually didn't need to use any of them wow it wasn't that type of a meeting it was really it was really a chance that we sat down Roger and I probably spoke for 45 minutes to an hour and he really dug deep and told me all about their business what they'd been doing why they were so loyal to Borgie we didn't understand why they were so loyal to Borgie and why we couldn't get a foot in the door with equipment but actually they're related to Borgie so once that all made sense and I was able to say okay well if equipment's off the table that's fine could we talk about swimwear and so that's what we've been able to do. So, but did I, is that, so you've got swimwear at the moment or have you also, did I see an ITB unit go in there somewhere? Uh, no, that's that... just a little gondola. That's just a floor stand. So at the moment we've got swimwear in there. And right. then after we just did our last range day, at the very end of the presentation, Reese Rackley, he was actually very proud to tell Matt White and I that he was going to give us an opportunity with equipment after all, but it would be on their online store only and not in their bricks and mortar stores. But at this point, we'll take it. We'll have yeah. to get a foot in the door and we just need to be really respectful of their processes. So, so go yeah, but that's first, so. Yeah, no, wow. So that's great. That's amazing. So the persistency is key. And, and to be prepared like that is you can't undervalue that as well, even though you don't absolutely. need to have that there. Oh, so Absolutely. Then, so then Roger's like, yep, okay, so then we'll look at doing some swimwear. It's taken, I guess, another 12 months, almost 12 months to get the product in there. What was the sort of, what was their thought process around that? Yeah, so from there, Roger had talked about there would be an, op- the opportunity would be that we could trial swimwear in two of their aquatic centres. So the aquatic centre at Kiwana on the Sunshine Coast 
and the Aquatic Centre at Combsley, which is just in South Brisbane. So then... Uh, and was it, was it, sorry, was it key categories or was it across the board? Or? He was happy for us to direct them into what would be our key sellers based on what those centre managers thought that their demographic required. Great. So, yeah, and it, look, they were only tight little orders, Stace. I think they were about $2,500 each just to yep. get started. But we really wanted to just get a small amount of product in there and get it to sell through early. And it worked. You know, we put in some key, like some boys' jammers, some great girls' leader backs, that, you know, things that you know will always sell if you can just get them on the floor. And did you do any incentive programs with the staff to sort of help drive sell through or were you just sort of just on the merits of the product or yeah we, have, we haven't done it yeah we haven't done any incentives with them just yet so the the strategy at this point and this was from their direction was they just wanted a nice clean display on the floor we were sitting in one venue we were sitting next to Funkita so they did want to see how we performed next to Funkita just on our own merits uh, and then in the other venue, we were the standalone swimwear brand. So Scotty and Tab did a really good job of just going in very, very frequently, getting the staff on board, getting the, the staff engaged, excited that we had Speedo, just sizing the swimwear, making sure it was hung properly, making sure it looked good, and it definitely worked. How important is it to get the staff on board, do you think? Oh, it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. I think that they can, those aquatic centre staff, they can make or break it for you. If they're not on board and they're not engaged and someone wants some assistance with swimwear, the, the sale will just fall away. Whereas if you've got staff that are engaged and they'll get out behind the counter and they'll give people a hand and they'll help them to the change room, it can make all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Well done. That's so good. Over a period of since 2017 to now is a massive, well, it's probably been even longer than that. You can imagine how many times we would have been trying. So Yeah, absolutely. Full credit to you. So the, the, the key thing here, I guess, key message here is two things. One is persistency and to making sure that you continuously be in contact. And the importance of that, and I know a lot of our team do, but it just shows how important it can actually become. Yeah, absolutely. But also the other thing as well is also preparation. And I guess the other one as well is making relationships. Those relationships that you've probably built now with, with Roger is probably growing every day. And do you think that's also going to be, that's going to be helpful into the future as well? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we got to a point where we did our range presentation with them and they sat in the room and they loved the product and they, you know, as they do, they ticked what they liked, et cetera, et cetera. And then a couple of weeks went by and I followed up with them and then they said, well, actually, we've got a budget and we've got a budget for each centre and we know what we've allocated you for our spend. Could you help us draft the orders? We've got a bit of an idea of what we want, but could you help us draft it piece by piece per centre by the rollout month? So I actually ended up sitting down for four hours with Gina, who actually was the lady who put together the orders, and we literally keyed the orders into the order forms together for those centres. So it actually turned out that all of that time and all of that persistence, I think I earned their trust, which is yeah. really, really important, and they were then happy to let us guide them into what we thought would work for them. That's awesome. Well done. And so now they've got, they've started, have they seen a high, are they now looking at? So this is high summer. Yeah. So they've just done high summer. So this, wow. all of this stock will land 1st of November into their centres. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Well done. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> and so how many, so you said they've got what, 21 swim schools in a bunch of, so, so, so currently in two, what's the goal by the end of, um, end of the year? 
So by the end of the year, we'll be in seven sites with swimwear. So we'll be in there. Wow. Yeah, three of their largest aquatic centres uh, and four of their smaller aquatic centres. The goal is obviously to get swimwear into more centres. The smaller learn to swim centres, they will never put any swimwear in, which that's okay. I respect that. The goal ultimately is to get equipment in there. Yeah. Absolutely. 100% the goal is to get Speedo goggles on the wall in all of those centres. And I think, I think if we do swimwear right and we keep at it and we don't let them down and we do all the little things right, I absolutely think we will get it in there. Definitely. That's fantastic. Do they do any other equipment or just straight Borgie? Just Borgie. Yeah, just Borgie. So every other brand's like having crack at them just like you are. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And has so, any other brand become, has now or any other swimwear brand also in there or is it just Speedo? No, so they've always had Funkita. They've always had Funkita swimwear and they've always had a little bit of a Manzi swimwear. Uh, and so what's happened now is they still have those brands, but they've introduced us as well. So the exciting part is we've eaten into that market share. So good. Yeah, really good. And so what kind of tips would you give to our team? Like if they're trying to crack an account, what tip would you give them? Or a couple of tips to give how many, as many as you want? Yeah, I would say you need to sit down, you need to make a list and you need to set some goals. Um, you definitely need to be really clear about what accounts you would like to crack. Put a dollar value on it because it's really motivating when you actually maybe put down five or six new accounts that if you got on board what that dollar value would be worth because all of a sudden it makes hitting your target a lot easier when you've got new business coming on board. So I'd say make a really specific list, have some specific goals, but be really realistic about what the timeline might look like to get these guys on board because it can be really deflating if you expect that you can just walk in one day all of a sudden say surprise I'm here would you like to range speedo if you think that you know that's going to be enough to all of a sudden get them across the line it's probably unrealistic so have a good think about what the timeline would look like manage your own expectations and that'll help you keep going at it and that'll help you not giving up. I love that. It's a long-term game, not a short-term game. Exactly. It really is. It definitely is. Yeah, and it just showed that. I mean, you've been going this since 2017, and a lot of people would have just given up maybe after two months and be like, oh, bugger, this is too hard. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Where somewhere I know I'm going to get an order from, guaranteed, and less mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. But you've obviously identified that this is a key business that you need to get into. And to, you're seeing it as a long-term gain. Um, and a relationship that you definitely want to start creating. So props to you guys. You, you're on the Queensland team. So with that in mind, so, I mean, you've just given a great tip, but what would you say is a good piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received was definitely someone said to me once, you don't always have to be right. And what they meant by that was you need to pick your battles. You don't need to argue every point. You don't have to always get your point across. You don't have to prove other people wrong. You're a much easier person to get along with if sometimes you can just let the small stuff go. And absolutely Friday night at eight o'clock. I don't really care if my kids are going to brush their teeth, to be honest <laughs> with you. But if you apply that to all relationships, it helps. It definitely helps. Pick your battles. Don't sweat the small stuff. And that way, when you do speak up and you do want to fight for something, people are more likely to listen to you. You're so and right. That's definitely the best piece of advice I've ever had. Yeah, you're right. And sometimes it could just be draining if you're trying to, you know, trying to be right all the time. And, and think yeah. Like that. And if you, 
if you do pick your battles right, you, you end up having more wins than anything. Absolutely. Because you end up standing up for what you believe in, and those are the points that you get across more. Like you said, people have more respect for you in that sense. So, yeah, not everything's going to go to plan, but sometimes you've just got to select what does and what doesn't. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Um, and so now you're, you're obviously this is a great success story for you and the team. You know, mm-hmm. getting, on, getting on board the Rackleys. Apart from something like this, what does success look like for you, though? Uh, well, success to me really is measured by happiness in my personal life and my family life. So when you're doing things well at work, that obviously helps. But to me, success looks like having a happy family, a happy relationship, getting on well with my work colleagues. Um, But, yeah, certainly happiness for me is measured, uh, success for me is measured by happiness with my family and with my home life. Um, yeah. ultimately and then in a workspace for me for me success I think looks like setting some goals and just slowly ticking them off nothing feels better than setting a goal and actually ticking it off so that's what yeah. success looks like to me yeah and I just put out a podcast this last week about goal setting and I think that's so mm-hmm. important I, I like to do five goals a week a day actually yep and I like to sort of own the day and if you can get if you get a pen and paper and write it down just and it could be a simple goal by saying send an email to Rackley. It's about, mm-hmm. you know, just saying hello. And that's your goal. That's your task for the day done. Or it could be, I don't know, get a report done or just something simple. It doesn't have to be over the top a goal. As long as you're achieving goals every day, I think, or tasks, I guess you can look at them as well, is you're winning the day or you're winning every, every week. Your week just seems to be more achievable than, than the previous week. Yeah, absolutely. Just getting stuff done, achieving things. All the little things mean that you achieve the big things. Yeah, because sometimes we get stuck on little things that we think are, are so important, but when we look at the the big picture, it's not doesn't or we get distracted easily, and, mm-hmm. you know, we start working on things, something that we shouldn't be working on, and, and we sort of lose focus for the day. So now goal setting, I reckon, or task setting, I, I reckon, is just as important. So no, you're right. So with that in mind as well, so you obviously you run a busy day, you've got. You know, staff to manage, you've got also got to manage your own accounts, you've got emails to send on a monthly on a daily basis to, to Rackley's. How do you manage your day? What's how does like what does a, a typical day look like for you? How do you manage it? Uh, I like I'm definitely again in my personal life I'm very structured and Monday to Friday I have a really, really strict routine that I stick to. I literally get up at the same time and have the same routine every morning. I exercise at the same time on the same day every week. So that definitely helps me keep my personal life in check. I'm definitely a big fan of routine. And then for my working day, it changes a lot because my role, I still have quite a large account base that needs servicing. I still look after Rebel Sports stores. I look after some independent swimwear accounts. Uh, so it, it is a balance between admin and being out on the road. So I guess I do what most people do. And, you know, the Friday of the week before, I would always have a look at, okay, what are the goals? What's the priorities? And what are the deadlines next week? Map out my calendar accordingly. And always, every day, I try to do the most important thing first. So I always, yeah, not- yeah try and do the most important thing, the thing that's going to add the most value first every day and get that one yeah. out of the way. That's great. And also another little tip as well is in the morning you, you tend to be, most people tend to be most energetic mm-hmm. and got, um, uh, more focused on something. Yeah. The probably good tip would be attack your hardest task first mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you're tired and you're kind of thinking, ah, oh, I can't be asked doing that one. That can wait till tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. If you get that one out of the way first, it's then the rest of the day. Yeah. And you have a better day. Yeah. And the other thing as well is, 
sometimes we get a bit stressed out at work or even with personal life. How important is um, exercise to you? Uh, really important. It's always been a big part of my life. I've never competed at an elite level like a lot of people in the speedo business, but I've always enjoyed fitness. I've always enjoyed running. I've always enjoyed exercise and I've always enjoyed team sport. And yeah, I find particularly on a Monday, Tuesday to start the week out, I need to definitely exercise on a Monday night and a Tuesday night. And that sets me up for the rest of the week. So really important. I think if your mind is clear and well-trained through exercise, you can be a little more focused at work. Yeah, sometimes our minds can be a bit foggy with a lot of stress that we get and we, we mm-hmm. sort of take on board or we can focus on um, negative things quite easily. And so I think I'm like you. I'm, if I, I've got to exercise throughout the day, not from a physical point of view, probably for more so from a mental point of view. Absolutely. Yeah, and it really helps just, to, just like that wash off relief I guess comes over you at the end of a of, of, a, of a, either a walk or a training session or mm-hmm. even a swim you know it feels so good right yeah absolutely it's crucial it's crucial yeah nice um no it's been great talking to you today Andrew we've learned a lot about you but more importantly learned a lot how um you got into Rackley's and I think a lot of people have, have probably a lot of questions about that because I'm sure everybody's got those kind of accounts in their region maybe just a bit daunting for them to approach because they don't know how to approach it. Um, I guess the other thing you could look at that kind of side of it is don't overthink it. No, just get started. Just get started. Just reach out. Just try to introduce yourself. Try to introduce the brand. And eventually you will create some dialogue with them. And don't, yeah. I think when you're looking at new business, when people say no, you need to realise that it's not necessarily no. It's just no for now. So keep in touch, yeah. keep in touch, keep at it. People will come on board eventually. You're so right. And as long as we're offering value to that person, for example, okay, this is what Speedo's doing. We're helping in this way. Yeah. We're creating this content. You know, like I think they probably appreciate that more. Definitely. As opposed to saying you need us, you, you, don't, you, don't, you need the number one brand in the world. That, I don't know if that's the right approach. No, definitely not. You're right. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Andrew. Thanks so much. No worries, Stace. Thank you. I don't have too much else to say unless you've got anything else to add to that. No, I think that's about it, Stace. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Andrew, being on the podcast. It's been great, fantastic insight. And um, congrats again on cracking um, such a tough business. And we're looking forward to see what brings in the future. All right. Thank you. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I really do hope you enjoy listening to these podcasts and get some value out of these podcasts. Um, it was a great conversation we had today with Andrea and really understanding about how she cracked Rackley Swimming after a couple of years of being persistent with them, the approach that she went about it, and, and for more importantly for you guys that you learned something about how to approach customers you've sort of been putting off for a while or approaching new businesses, um, but more importantly, how do we add value to those businesses and the way we go about it. Um, I'd love to hear thoughts and feedback. Please send me a text or an email. Um, It's really interesting to hear what you think about these podcasts and how it can add value for you. Um, If you could do that for me, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. See you.